0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, a new spending bill to keep the government open for another month has been brought forth in Congress. One particular new amendment to the NDAA calls on the Pentagon to reveal if it experimented with disease-carrying insects. And the White House reminds agencies the Government Accountability Office's recommendations are just that. These stories and more in today's federal newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. House Democrats introduce a continuing resolution to keep the government open until December 20th. The CR also ensures military active duty service members get a 3.1 percent pay raise on January 1st. It provides full funding for a fair and accurate 2020 census as well, and will also pay for mobile questionnaire assistance centers. The CR still needs to be passed by both houses and signed by the president by the end of Thursday to avoid a shutdown. A proposal in the 2020 Defense Authorization Bill would require the Defense Department Inspector General to tell Congress if the department experimented with the idea of weaponizing disease-carrying insects. Roll Call reports the amendment was introduced by Representative Christopher Smith. It commands the IG to conduct a review of whether DOD experimented with ticks and other insects regarding use as a biological weapon between the years of 1950 and 1975. If it did, the IG must then also find out if any of the insects were released out of any laboratory. The Homeland Security Department inspector general takes a dig at the Trump administration. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. The IG lists managing operations amid executive vacancies and turnover as the top department challenge this year. In its annual exam, the Inspector General lists as second coordination of efforts to deal with the flood of migrants at the southern border. Cybersecurity comes in third. The report says the leadership question affects everything DHS does, including attracting and retaining talent and championing the workforce generally. I'm Tom Tamman. The Office of Management and Budget is reminding agencies that the determination of whether they have violated the Anti-Deficiency Act and spent money they don't have is up to them and the administration and not the Government Accountability Office. OMB updated Circular A11 in June but sent out a reminder to agencies earlier this month after GAO issued several opinions that said agencies went afoul of the law. The memo says since GAO is part of the legislative branch, executive branch agencies are not bound by GAO's legal advice. One agency is finding a successful path to shared services. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has details. The Labor Department will complete a major consolidation of back-office functions over the next year. Labor is bringing 13 human resources systems down to one, 26 IT application organizations down to one, and three to four different procurement offices down to a single organization. These consolidations will culminate a three-year effort to standardize data and processes and save money. Labor says it anticipates the cost of all these back-office services to come down in the out years thanks to the economies of scale and reduced duplication of contracts and services. I'm Jason Miller. Three agencies are teaming up to better educate inmates about potential job opportunities in the federal government. The Office of Personnel Management is working with the Justice Department and Bureau of Prisons. The effort is part of the Second Chance Hiring Initiative and the First Step Act. OPM developed a series of informational guides to dispel common myths about the federal hiring process. It's also hosting webinars to teach inmates about resume writing, USA Jobs, and to answer other questions about the hiring process. The Trump administration is urging agencies to pick up their efforts to hire more military spouses. Agencies already have special hiring authorities to recruit military spouses non-competitively. Military spouses, though, say the rigid general schedule and existing personnel system have often forced them to take pay and grade cuts when moving with their family members. A 2018 executive order instructed agencies to better use those hiring authorities. The Board of Veterans Appeals says it used special hiring authorities to bring on 60 attorneys and administrative staff within the past 5 months or so. US Strategic Command as a new leader Navy Admiral Charles Richard took command yesterday during a ceremony at STRATCOM's headquarters at Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska, replacing Air Force General John Hyten. Richard has previously served as STRATCOM's deputy commander. More recently, he commanded the Navy's submarine forces. U.S. Space Command is strengthening its ties with private space companies. U.S. leaders are finding more innovation is coming from industry. Space Command is creating a commercial integration cell that keeps satellite providers in close contact with space operators. And so far, the Navy has taken most of the blame for the deadly collision involving the USS Fitzgerald in 2017. But families of the seven sailors who died in the crash say the other vessel was at fault, too. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has more. The owner of the container ship ACX Crystal faces two new lawsuits, one from sailors who survived the crash and another from family members of those who didn't. They're claiming negligence on the part of NGK Line, saying the merchant ship was running on autopilot until the very last minute, failed to follow international rules of the road, and didn't try to make contact with the Navy ship before the collision. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast, subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One, and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.